0: Hey guys welcome back to a bite of D, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns i am your host zach and across from me is my co-host micah hey guys and today we're gonna do a quick little discussion on skill challenges um so this isn't something necessarily native to fifth edition but it's something that we felt like we've seen a lot of value in and so mike why don't you start us off by kind of giving us an overview on what skill challenges could mean
1: so i think the easiest way to maybe get into it is to say that they're kind of a replacement encounter for combat yeah so instead of rolling dice and dealing damage you're rolling dice and doing more rp So you're overcoming obstacles through role play as opposed to combat. If you want to simplify it a little bit further, I think it's a way for a DM to manage and remove resources from a party in a way that feels a little bit more unique than just throwing a few more goblins at them and gives them a little bit more narrative in what they're doing and a little bit more tension to like a dungeon exploration when you trigger a trap and things like that where they have to overcome everything that you're dealing with.
0: So some people might be saying, well, I think I'm already doing these already. And some people might be doing them and not know it, but give us some sort of an explanation or a separation between what a skill challenge is and a skill check or any other ways that you might use a skill.
1: Uh, For me, there's a few different things that separate the two. I think for a skill check, there's not necessarily any real consequence behind it, or it's a one-off thing. Typically with a skill check, I feel like it's pretty open for multiple people to make an attempt. The consequences aren't as dire. You simply don't succeed. I think with a skill challenge again it's meant to be kind of a replacement for kind of a combat encounter so it's a little bit more drawn out it's narratively driven by the dm and instead of coming across a locked door in the dungeon and going hey i need a sleight of hand roll to pick the lock yeah and then you move on and another 15 minutes later you find a trap and someone disarms the trap. That's that's your standard dungeon exploration, but those are skill checks. They're not necessarily interconnected. I think a skill challenge is something more like in the beginning of uh, the Ark of uh, the Covenant, uh, Indiana Jones Ark of the Covenant, where he goes into the temple, he does a sleight of hand check to replace the monkey idol with the bag of sand, and the boulder drops. So now he has to do a dexterity check in order to slip underneath the door, an athletics check to jump over the pit. Right. Uh, in D&D, maybe there's an arcana check you need to do to figure out how to disable a force field that's now keeping you in this room. It's it's all interconnected, and it should all be happening cohesively. Yeah. You're, you're not going to do a check and then adventure for a while and do a check. It's, it's a narratively driven thing. It's all one encounter, one piece, just like a combat would be, and then you... Move on, and if they have too many failures, you're going to fail the challenge. If you get enough successes before you reach that point, then you successfully navigate it. You get experience, or um, however you handle experience in your games, you unlock whatever that equivalent would be in a CR to what an encounter would be.
0: Gotcha. So, so one more definition comes to mind that that might come into play here, and that's with skill saves. Or, or, or ability saves, as they are now. So, do those have any... Are those specifically into the combat side of things? Or are can they be used in a skill challenge? Or are they their own beast?
1: Um, I think they potentially could be. I think that largely depends on how you're going to narrate it. So, I don't think it would be inappropriate to have an ability save within that. So, maybe there's some sort of contract construct or magical trap that tries to confuse or force charm like a party member into attacking someone else so maybe as part of that skill challenge you have them make a wisdom save if they fail they're under this thing's control that doesn't mean they've failed but now you have a new conflict where the party needs to figure out how to snap them out of it yeah and so then you have a new uh skill check that you can do in order to free them disable the trap whatever it is Mm -hmm. so i think they can be used but if you want to be careful about how you present those, because I think typically when you have a save, you don't want it to be from a monster or it will just turn into combat. Okay. Your, your players won't ignore them in order to do the skill challenge that you laid out. They will then switch into combat and kill that monster, and it will kind of defeat the purpose. So I think it depends on what you're using the skills the the ability saves with with traps, uh, a dexterity saves, things like that. I think it's very appropriate. But when it comes down to some other stuff.
0: So would a skill challenge and a combat encounter be always separate pretty much? Like you wouldn't have one inside the other?
1: I think they should be. I think they can flow into one another, but they are two distinct events in your game.
0: So we talked about how this this really isn't something that is part of the core mechanics of 5th edition. It's really a carryover from 4th. But what what about the skill challenges is appeals to us like what what about it appeals to you in a way that you put bring it into your games on a regular basis
1: well i think one nice thing about skill challenges is that you can tailor them to get some of your players who maybe are in the spotlight less into things to give them a moment to shine because sometimes depending on what spells and things your caster picks up make their character backstory things like that not everyone is going to be a heavy hitter and the champion or the hero when it comes to combat some characters are going to fall kind of into The background and and some players are fine with that not everyone wants to be at the forefront but it gives them a moment to shine so if you have someone that you know has some spells or something that are more role play focused you can give them an opportunity where that would be majorly beneficial within a skill challenge
0: yeah
1: and it, it allows you to drain resources from your party for an encounter down the road it gives them a moment to have this this moment where they get to to feel important and then it also works narratively within what you're doing but you can tailor that around your different characters pretty well
0: thinking of certain classes uh, ranger comes to mind right now that sometimes with the certain builds just doesn't have a lot of utility inside of combat but a lot of times those characters have heavy amounts of both actual skills and implied skills in certain scenarios and If you're out in the wilderness, you know, your ranger, you could do a skill challenge out in the wilderness to find a lost temple or whatever. And that ranger probably is going to be one of your big sluggers for something like that.
1: Yeah, I I think certain wizard archetypes, every class has something. I think that they have an archetype where they're definitely more roleplay focused necessarily than combat or support focused, which, again, doesn't always allow them to necessarily shine they're kind of pointing the spotlight at someone else with those support abilities and so by giving them a moment to do their own thing i think brings everyone a little bit more in the game plus it just changes up the the flow of the game sometimes it's nice to have more role play focused things but still give you a set goal that you need to achieve as opposed to just wandering around and occasionally doing a a check It, it feels more engaged it's a different feeling and experience than what you'd have in combat and it's just a nice change of pace to the game
0: well and you know they if, if you kind of go back in into the dmg you'll see that they expect you to run like what is it like somewhere between four and six encounters per adventuring day yeah which almost never happens especially if you're a part of organized play or something where you have a set, certain amount of time that can be a very difficult thing to pull off is is four to six encounters you might be pulling out your hair to get two in but these skill challenges might be a way to still drain the resources so for that final fight it's as if they had done four to six encounters
1: one the other thing with encounter balances wizards have said multiple times and when they respond to questions and things on abilities and stuff like that they balance the game around assuming the party is going to be at full health between your short rest that you have available for spending your hit die the various healing in the game when they make the crs and things for your combat encounters they assume the party is at full health not necessarily full spell slots or anything like that but they assume you're at full health so having skill challenges and things still allow you to challenge the party to use those resources without them having to expend their hit point total before they get to your major encounter down the road or maybe you've got a combat at the beginning a couple skill challenges in the middle they take a short rest uh in between there to get some of that back and then you go into the the next leg of the journey and they they've healed up but the the thing is you've still got the encounters there and that way you don't have to worry about them being one shot and things when they they get to that point but they're still reasonably fatigued from the rest of the the journey
0: right so so what i'm getting so far is that it's something where if you have characters that need more of a spotlight it's an opportunity to let them have that that spotlight out of combat secondly it's a way to get them to expend a little bit of the resources that every especially higher level tier three tier four parties are going to have they're going to have an overabundance of of slots or of spell slots or abilities and whatnot, and you get you to drink a couple of them. I personally, I mean, it doesn't even always have to be a skill challenge. I mean, I've had players just recently who I put a little crevice in front of them and they're using fly spells or whatever they need to 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 hop over that and that's not even a challenge that's just one little skill
1: well and i think skill challenges don't necessarily have to be huge either it can yeah. be a series of three checks yeah. uh, i think what what makes it a challenge is the fact that they're interconnected not necessarily the the scope of the challenge and if it drains resources or something in any way i think it's accomplished what you're trying to do so i don't think you have to have like with combat a lot of times it can run 30 minutes to an hour to get through right uh, even sometimes a smaller combat if you have a, a, a big either mass combat or main encounter you have sometimes that can be your whole session depending right. on how it plays out so i think the the shorter skill challenges and even if they're only two three rounds i think help get uh, get what you're trying to do across like maybe they're they're crossing a river the skill check version of that is you need an athletics check uh you fail you get swept down the river a little ways and or you just don't get very far your movement speed is halved and it's going to take you longer to get across right i think you turn that into a skill challenge by just adjusting a couple minor things you have to have so many successes to get across and every time you fail maybe you gain a point of exhaustion or you lose like some gear like a potion or something falls out of your pack and gets swept down river maybe you lose the entire pack and that creates another kind of adventure hook for your players to then go retrieve that because they have things they need but by just changing what happens on a failure you can turn that into a challenge as opposed to a check
0: yeah i think fourth edition had you talked about like uh certain number of failures certain number of successes that's definitely the 4e system of things where you needed six successes before you hit three failures it's always slated like that to where you have to have way more successes before you have this few amount of failures and i think that that can be interesting i think though sometimes at least in my games a big part of what makes a skill challenge so important or seems so important to the players is that I explain what's going to happen at least in part before they even start the skill challenge. So I say, you're going to, you have to cross this river in order to cross this river. You have to give me one of these two checks. You need six successes before you get three failures on failures. You're going to lose something out of your pack, or you're going to maybe take, and if you lose all three, you're going to lose three items out of your pack. Plus you're going to be, you're going to get across the river with a level of exhaustion. So that kind of setting is the same way as a combat encounter in that they know what's at stake at the beginning to some extent, setting the tone at the beginning of that skill challenge so that they know what their dice rolling means before they throw them sometimes, sometimes can be of a big benefit to the tension that you want to create.
1: And I would agree. And there's some instances where I think it would be readily apparent to your players what those consequences would be and what they need to accomplish anyway. I think you can go either way on that. I think it can be secret or I think uh, very much so you can have it laid out for them. So there's some structure because I think there are times where it would be apparent to anyone what's at, at stake. I think you can also, especially with the three strike thing, I think you just need to come at it and from a different angle on how you would narrate a failure so for instance if someone is trying to grab the key off of a guard's belt and they stumble and fail that uh sleight of hand check instead of having them get caught and now you're in a combat encounter because the guard confronts them about it yeah they don't want to get caught so they silence him and now you're in combat and everything has changed instead on a failure the guard steps away and your rogue no longer has a clean way of snatching that key without alerting him to his presence or what he's trying to do. So instead of being caught, you simply lose that option for, for what you're doing, and maybe now you need to find a secret passage or something. Maybe they need to roll investigation to see if there's a... Another way to get through. Maybe there's some runes on the door they can decipher with an Arcana check. There's different things you can do, but you just change the way you narrate a failure.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's another key important part of this, just to keep in mind, is that with a combat, obviously there's always that chance of total party kill. Um, And that's something that you obviously want to avoid. The worst thing, in my mind, is to set up a skill challenge, pre-planned skill challenge, where failure means there's no way to advance the story. So if you have, if you're setting up a, a skill check to get out of a prison, out of a cell, and that's your way to get them out, then you need to be prepared if they fail for, maybe they can still get out, but now they're get they're out and they're being chased or whatever. Like give, you have to give a consequence, but not one so severe that it puts a full halt. And now you've got a party that's like, okay, now we just exhausted this, we failed at this, and we're still trapped in here, I guess what we're supposed to do is just wait for somebody to come rescue us.
1: I think some of the consequences you can use, party is captured because they're spotted. Now they have a different scenario where they have to escape from a prison. It doesn't it's not a TPK. You're not removing from the game because they failed some, a skill challenge. Yeah. But it creates a new confrontation for them. One article that I really liked was saying that there's three things you should be doing as a DM. You're either creating a conflict, creating an opportunity, giving them something that's too good to pass up, like a treasure room that they're walking past as they're making their escape. And they yeah. risk going for that because yeah. it's, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. Or you're reacting to something stupid or risky that a player did on one of their turns. The other thing I like, because you do want to spend resources, you do want to reward them for that. So another thing they discussed in this article was at certain levels... You have to spend so much of a resource for it to be considered an automatic pass because this challenges should be becoming more and more difficult the more capable your party is. A ravine is no longer going to be difficult for a 10th level party to deal with as it would be for a level 3 party. Right. So... There are different resources and different power levels of resources, such as spell slot. So, for instance, at 18th to 20th level, maybe they have to spend a sixth level spell slot or higher in order to automatically succeed on that. Otherwise, you can give them like advantage or something like that on the roll for being creative with the uses on that and for doing something to help them, but you still want it to be difficult want to scale these challenges with the level of your party
0: i agree so the only other thing i have to mention here i I don't know where you're at on it but I, i just want to talk a little bit about dc's for skill challenges obviously you know set the bar wherever you want it to be in order for that to happen you need to have a good idea about what a reasonable dc is for your current party so know that your rogue has a plus 12 to sleight of hand means that if you want this to be difficult, you have to, you're going to assume that your party's gonna let the rogue do the pickpocketing. So they're gonna have that plus 12 right out the gate. So if you give it a DC 15, you're basically saying, I'm going to give you this check. And so within a skill challenge, you wanna set the DC, think about where you're setting it for your party. You can, even if you find a skill check DC in a book or in a campaign, published campaign, if it doesn't fit challenge rating that you want it to be for your party you should adjust it to where that makes sense yep Mm -hmm. and then additionally to that if you have multiple skills that can be used to complete different phases of an encounter or a skill challenge consider adjusting those DCs to make more difficult or less difficult challenges based on their insight into deciding which skill they want to use so if they're going to intimidate this card as opposed to persuading this card maybe maybe the dc is 20 instead of 16 and but let's say if you do intimidate him successfully now everything else becomes easier you know the dc drops you know you play with those dcs think about how one success in a certain skill will affect the next set of checks within that
1: and a general rule of thumb if the DC is, say, 10 for your, your skill challenge, you're saying your players should succeed about 90% of the time, yeah. realistically. If it's 15, you're looking at more like 70%, depending on where their skill levels are at. And at a 20, if it's a hard challenge, they should only be passing about 40% of the time depending on how difficult you want to make it. There's some good tools on trying to create a CR encounter, essentially, for your skill challenges. And then you don't have to use multiple of fives. Use whatever you think makes sense yeah. in that scenario. But if you're just starting out, an easy rule of thumb is 10 is considered easy. 15 is a little bit challenging. You have to have at least some skill in it in order to reliably pass. And then 20 is typically pretty difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah. And keep in mind that that'll that will increase as you level people up yep Yep. proficiencies
1: expertise things like that will vastly change what skills are going to be considered difficult
0: it's just like with combat encounters you if you throw two goblins against a level 20 party it's like why you're wasting everyone's time in the same way throwing a dc 12 skill challenge in front of 20th level party is like why you're wasting yeah. everyone's time
1: at that point just don't even do the skill challenge they, they just, do it they do it
0: yeah and you need to have you need to have places in there so that it, just like you scale up in villains to where instead of fighting goblins you're fighting orcs and then you're fighting demons and then you're fighting gods or whatever right like in this one you're not just crossing a ravine maybe the next step is you're crossing a ravine that's filled with lava and the next one is you're crossing a ravine filled with lava that has fireballs coming up out of it and the next one is
1: like it hits to be the the last one is there's a magic fortress on the other side with defendants actively protecting the ravine exactly. of lava and fireballs. Yep,
0: yeah yeah so anyhow that's just that's
1: my thoughts on that so i i think that covers it for me as well if you guys have anything else you want to add to that discussion feel free to holler at us uh, but i think that's where we're going to leave you
0: yep